What is up, everybody? This is Tyler. This is Danny. And this is Fried Squirms, and we're here to get stoned and talk about horror movies, like every week. This week will be The Meg. If you're wondering why I said horror movies and then said The Meg, we'll explain in a little bit. I just, as a general rule, feel like giant monsters count as horror movies, <laughs> yeah, whether I you're mean, actually scared by them or not, but we'll get there. Before we get to that, though, we got to get to the get stoned part. Get our green hits going. So, Danny, what is this Jay that you brought for me today that I am like legitimately right about to to light up? No doubt. So, after a while, I do feel like we're becoming a broken record because we frequent flowers so often. <laughs> so, shouldn't be a surprise. I stopped by there, picked up a six pack of their grapes and cream strain, mm. which is a hybrid. For those who don't know, it is a cross of the delicious grape pie and cookies and cream strains. Now, this particular strain over at Flower, the total uh, cannabinoids, you're getting like 26.2%. Total terpenes are 2.3% with linalool, myrcene, limonene, and pinene coming in as the most dominant with traces of humulene and karyophyllene. Now, this one I have tried once before. I mean, like I had a six-pack and a single liked mm-hmm. it. It was funny because when I was in there, the gal, she was like, you might want to grab two. I was like, I think I'll just do one, but thank you. <laughs> Thanks for looking out. <laughs> so this one, because of its name, it's going to have those berry flavors like grapes, of course. It's going to have a nice creamy and fruity flavor along with aromas that match that. A little bit of sweet and vanilla as well. I'm going to add in, I actually picked up some flour of grapes and cream, not just the pre-rolls like we normally grab for the show earlier in the week. And also to go along with a grape name, it's a purpley bud. Nice. That's good to hear. Mm -hmm. Because I like that purple. I love that perps. Sorry, I cut you off a little bit. No, that's okay, man. No, 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 you're fine. But because of its profile, this one is good for treating depression, nausea, if you have appetite loss, maybe some chronic stress, anxiety, and inflammation. This is nice, and because it's a hybrid, too, you're not going to get overwhelmed with, like, a couch lock or more of a racy kind of feeling. I, too, was at Flower. I I actually was at a a different dispensary earlier, too, and I just didn't grab J's from them because I don't like their prices. Hey, I get that. At least not their prices for J's. Other shit, fine. Yeah, that's cool. Other shit is fine. It's just Jay's, their pre-rolls. Nah. Yeah, nah, nah, we know good. where the deals are at. So went to Flower for some pre-rolls. Picked up some GMO. Been a bit since I think I brought in Jays of that. I'm going to try to make you be a little bit more sleepy of a boy today. Okay. Indica Dominant Hybrid. Cross between uh, GSC and ChemDog. Like, I've had GMO a number of times. I've never quite gotten this flavor profile from it. But I kind of want to read this out because it's kind of ridiculous. When you look it up on Leafly... It has a garlic-forward taste and a diesel aroma. Uh, maybe a little bit. It's interesting because on initial smell, it had kind of like like a little bit of a poopy smell, like that unicorn yeah. poop, you know? Yeah. It's like, hmm, this one's going to be interesting because it has a familiar scent. Not that I you know, like smelling shit, but, I mean, in terms of strains, you know? Mm-hmm. Some of them have distinct smells. It's like, hmm. Okay, but yeah, that I don't, I don't know. Garlicky? Yeah, no, I mean garlicky to me. It's like, are we talking about like in terms of marijuana flavor, or are we talking That's like the thing. real I don't garlic? Know if I, I don't know if I've ever ran into a marijuana flavor that I would have described as, as garlic, garlicky. No, I think it's more like the garlic. I'm doing like air quotes here, like its profile. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's garlic, I guess, whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Diesel maybe, but garlic, eh. But here's the thing. This GMO is coming in at 33.3% total cannabinoids on an indica-dominant strain from two very reputable parent strains with GSC and ChemDog. Yeah, like So both. it's just going to be a, a solid fucking, a solid hitter. Terps total... 2.46% total terpene profile with the two highest. I might as well name the, the two highest, which is limonene and myrcene, because they're almost triple what the next highest wow. is with the karyophyllene. That's wild. So myrcene gives you more of like a grape berry note. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the karyophyllene is more like that, that peppery kind of note. Yeah, so a spicy grape. Yeah, I could see that more, more than, than yeah. yeah, I see spicy grape more than garlic, right? Yeah, I think that's a better write-up. 
All right. Yeah, whatever. I mean, <laughs> it, we, <laughs> we've ran into this shit before, too, when it's like explaining the effects it has on you. And you're like, well, yeah, that's weed. <laughs> <laughs> that could be any strain. But I will say at a 33.3% total THC and 2.5% terp profile in an indica dominant strain, if you're not watching out, this shit will be a fucking couch locker in a minute. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, to go along with our green hits, we want to remind everybody to go check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash fried squirms. Lowest level, you could have been listening to this last week. Middle level, you get exclusive episodes, our hot takes on movies we go see in the theaters, as well as our look back episodes that we've been doing very regularly. Going back through our old catalog in order, checking out some of these movies that we haven't seen in six or more years. Been a lot of fun. It has been. We just came off the backbone of one, so that's fun. I'm going to say that the last one we did might be our best one yet. I think in terms of a look back and how things have changed since then, too, you know, mm-hmm. just really And cool. just the conversation we get into about it. Absolutely. And I think the fun thing, too, it, it didn't solely focus on the film itself. Right. Uh, the film, of course, being Halloween is right. where we're up to. The original Halloween. Super excited about that. That one left me feeling good. I Likewise. want people to go check it out. So patreon.com slash fried squirms. And at that highest level, access to the Discord. Hit us up. I'll let you boys. We'll BS with you. <laughs> but I think with that, let's get to the guts and bolts of the Meg. Guts and bolts. All right. Guts and bolts. Who and what went into the making of the Meg? Spoiler free for now. We'll get into those later. Start with our spoiler free setup for the movie in case you don't know what it's about. Scientists go too deep in the ocean. Big shark. Big shark. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not spoiling anything. So, with that being said, too, we do like to talk about the cast and crew from week to week. And this week we've got a really cool both cast and crew. And I want to lead off with our director, who is John Turtletop. Now, without spoiling too much and getting too in-depth, this film initially, I think, was bought by Disney back in the 90s. Had so many different names attached to it. I was about to say, I didn't do a lot of research uh, onto like this more technical section, but the little bit I did, I did not realize that this had been optioned and been technically in development for as long as it had. A long time. A long time. What, 20-plus years before its release at that point? Right. So... Yeah, anywho, with that being said, we've got John Tortletaub, and a few things of note from him. I'm going to go back to the 90s. A little film from 1992 called Three Ninjas. What? How about a 1993 film? Feel the rhythm. Feel Feel the the rhyme. Get on up. It's bobsled time. Yeah, boy. It's uh, Cool Runnings is what we're talking about. How about 1995's While You Were Sleeping? Okay. 1996's Phenomenon. Right? Instinct from 1999, 2000s Disney's The Kid. Then he did both National Treasurer and Book of Secrets, which is really cool. Oh, shit. Dude, National Treasure is a fun movie. The second one is a bit shittier. Right. But yeah, the first one actually had a pretty good time with it. And uh, he did 20 Tons as the Sorcerer's Apprentice. He did some television work as well. Yeah, National Treasure, Edge of History, which is kind of neat. Uh, he wasn't a director, but he did executive produce on that. Rush Hour TV did the pilot episode, so that's kind of cool. All right, moving forward, we've got quite a few writers. Now, this was based on a novel by Steve Alton. I think it's actually a trilogy. Oh, really? If not more. Nice. I kind of want to read them after watching this movie, not going to lie. Yeah. Little differences I know that happened, too. Well, yeah, I, just, I read just a little bit of what the differences at least in this initial mm-hmm. one. So um, but we've got a couple of different writers too, in terms of like the screenplay, we've got Dan Georgeris and two brothers, John Hober and Eric Hober. So I'm going to go with Dean. A few things of note from him. He helped write the film paycheck, the Manchurian candidate and Tristan and Isolde. Man, like, okay. It's shitty for parents to give their kids joke names, but I really wish with that last name that one of them would have been named Bender. <laughs> yeah. Bender Hober. <laughs> That's pretty funny. 
Both the brothers, actually, they wrote some pretty cool screenplays. So they wrote for the film White Owl. They helped on the film Red 1N Part 2. They helped on Battleship and a film called My Spy, which I believe has one of the wrestlers in it. Kind of interesting. Anyhow, we've got cinematographer Tom Stern. Another gentleman's got some really cool works, mostly because he's worked a lot with Clint Eastwood. So with that being said, just a few films of note from him. A little film from 2003 called Mystic River. You might have heard of it. He helped on A Million Dollar Baby, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, Flags of Our Fathers, Letters from Iwo Jima. He also helped with uh, 2008's Changeling, which is really neat. He works with East Grand Trino. I mean, yeah, like, he? exactly. He helped with 2012's The Hunger Games, which is, you know, not a Clint Eastwood film. <laughs> but I mean if, yeah really if you look at it it's like okay but here's something that's cool Kung Fury 2 oh shit yeah which is in post production so some cool stuff there alright moving forward we've got editors Stephen Kemper and Kelly Matsumoto now we've actually talked about Stephen Kemper way back on episode 163 when we talked about the relic oh interesting yeah, exactly so with that being said some really cool films. I'd say because he's got like a laundry list of films, you might want to check out The Relic for that. <laughs> and for Kelly Matsumoto, she's got some cool films too. Just a few things of note from her. She helped on 1999's and 2001's The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. Hmm. She helped on 2004's Van Helsing. little film from 2006 called The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Uh, she helped with The Rise of the Cobra, G.I. Joe film from 2009. Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six, Star Trek Beyond, and oh. more recently, Fast X. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so, I mean, she's pretty much helped on all those. And a film I'm kind of curious about, it's called Bad Hair. It's a um, horror film that was on Hulu, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I know the one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, kind of interesting. So, uh, there's our editor's music by Harry Gregson Williamson. Another gentleman's got some really cool films. I mean, we'd be here all day if we really got in depth, but... If you just look at his Wikipedia page, I'm just going to read a little uh, excerpt from here. He says, he has composed music for video games, television, and films, including the Metal Gear series, Spy Game, Phone Booth, Man on Fire, The Chronicles of what? Narnia. <laughs> All right. Deja Vu, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, The Martian, Ants with a Z, The Tigger Movie, Chicken Run, The Shrek franchise, Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas, which came out in like the 2000s, uh, to, uh, yeah, 2003, Arthur Christmas, Early Man, Catch-22, lots of films, man. Some really cool films. All right. We've got tons of special effects teams. This seems like a common refrain, especially with this particular style of yeah. subgenre, I suppose. So if you're really curious, yeah, check out the database. All right, we've got producers, Lorenzo de Benaventura, Bell Avery, and Colin Wilson, production companies on this, where de Benaventura Pictures, Appel Entertainment, Mayday Productions, Flagship Entertainment Group, and Gravity Pictures. The distributor was Warner Brothers for the 2018 United States theatrical release. Had a release date here in the States on August 10th, 2018. Now, keep in mind, there's something interesting about August this year with this franchise. Oh, the sequel? <laughs> yeah, whoa. <laughs> All right. We've also got a budget of about 130 to about $178 million. That's kind of an estimate, but it grossed worldwide about $530.5 million. I knew this movie was successful. I didn't realize it was that successful. Oh, yes, sir. Now, the tagline I have on this is the most feared predator in history is no longer history. Not bad. Not bad. No, all, all things considered. All right. So moving into our cast, I'm going to lead off with Jason Statham plays the role of Jonas Taylor. Right. I think at this point, if you're any kind of fan of like action films, things of like that, maybe you're a fan of swimming, diving, or specifically <laughs> right so if you followed his career you would know that but anywho he is known in the transporter trilogy right as frank martin you might have seen him in the italian job he was in the crank series war the bank job the mechanic he was in spy snatch Lockstock. yeah i mean come on dude how many yeah i'm just looking at fast and furious was it six seven the fate of the furious Hobbs and Shaw. So, I mean, that's just a few things of note, you know. But he's got some really cool things of note. I mean, once again, 
we'd be here for a little bit. But a little bit of video game work too. Call of Duty, Sergeant Waters, which is really neat. It's been in some music videos <laughs> as well, which is kind of neat. Man, I played Red Faction too. I did not realize he did a voice in it, but I also haven't played it since it came out in 2002. So yeah, it's it's been a little while. All right, moving forward, we have I want to imagine her name is probably pronounced Yi, but it's Li Bingbing, who plays Su Yin Zhang. Right, a few things of note from her. I thought she looked familiar. Okay, Forbidden Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. She was in the film 17 Years, A World Without Thieves, a film called The Message. She was also in Resident Evil Retribution. She was in Transformers, Age of Extinction. All right, we've got Rain Wilson plays the role of Jack Morris. Now, you're talking about way back. We talked about him way back on episode 38 for House of 1000 Corpses. That's how long it's been, right? And, I mean... Dwight Schrute, right? I was going to say, at this point, everybody should know him as Dwight. I mean... (laughs) That's how I look at it. Uh, here's kind of some neat things, just a few things of note, right? He was in Almost Famous. Yes. Which is a really cool film. Galaxy he was Quest. In, yes. He was also in Six Feet Under, another Brian Fuller, right? He was in My Super Ex-Girlfriend, The Rocker. Man, I still need to watch Super. I keep having people telling me it'd be right up my alley. But... Oh, uh, here's one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Hesher. Oh, Hesher's so good. Hesher's yeah. so good. One I'm kind of curious about. One Hesher we've brought up before thanks to Visitor Q. Yeah, because of some of the similarities, <laughs> yeah. oddly. Yeah, that's a whole different story, but... It, it not, it's not the lactation. People. No, it's definitely that's not. not. The, that's not no, the similarity. It's, it's more like the, the relationships. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, no, the film I'm kind of curious about is called Cooties. It has a really cool cast. Just a few names. It has Elijah Wood, has Allison Pill, Lee Winnell's actually in it because he helped write it. So, like, okay. Rain was also in the Smurfs because he lent his voice as Gargamel. Okay. Yeah, so a lot of cool stuff. All right. Moving forward, we've got Ruby Rose plays the role of Jax. Oh, my God. Wait, I just noticed. I still haven't watched the Weird Al movie, but mm. I need to, and he's fucking Dr. Demento in that. Oh, nice, dude. Bro, <laughs> I heard what it's a good really role. good. I heard it's a funny-ass movie. All right. Ruby Rose plays the role of Jax. A few things of note from her. She was in the film Resident Evil, the final chapter. Triple X, Return of Xander Cage. She was in John Wick, Chapter 2, Pitch Perfect, Part 3. She was a part of The Orange is the New Black television series from 2015 through 16. She was also in The Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl as Catwoman back in 2008. Yeah, 18. Through 19. And she was also in the Catwoman television series from 2019 through 20. All right, we've got Winston Chow plays the role of Dr. Minhua Sheng. A few things of note from him. He was in the film The Wedding, the film Banquet, Yi Ming in 1911. I mean, this dude's a Chinese actor, so a lot of his films are going to be Chinese films. All right, we've got Cliff Curtis plays the role of James Mac Macaritis, right? I like Cliff Curtis. He's not in enough stuff as far as I'm concerned. No, he's in some cool-ass stuff, though, if you look at his filmography, man. I mean, like 1993 is The Piano. Pretty well-known film. He was in 1998, Six Days, Seven Nights with Harrison Ford, right? Yeah, he was in, let's see here. Actually, we, either Six Days or Seven Nights or Blow is probably the first time Yeah, I saw 2001 him. probably be Blow. That's probably the first time I've seen him. He was in Training Day from 2001. And The Majestic. I mean, three films right there are solid-ass yeah. films for 2001, right? He was in 2002's Collateral Damage. He was in, let's see here, Runaway Jury. He was in... Live Free or Die Hard, 10,000 BC. He was also in The Last Airbender, which is really cool. He was in Fast and Furious, Presents Hobbs and Shaw. He was in 2019's film, Dr. Sleep. That's right. (laughs) He was also in Avatar, The Way of Water as well, which is really neat. All right. A few other people of note, and then I'll round out our cast and crew. All right, we've got Paige Kennedy plays the role of DJ. A few things of note from him. He was in the film SWAT. He was in Leprechaun, Back to the Hood, a film called Freaky Deaky. He was also part of Blue Mountain State, The Rise of Tadland, and Blue Mountain State, the television series from 2011 through 2012. Did you ever watch an ABA? ABA? I watched some of the first season. I sure did. So first season sucks balls. Okay, that's good to know. Like, So I liked the first season the first time I watched it. The first time I watched it... I was also home from work sick and half asleep most of the day. Uh, I went to rewatch it at one point. Couldn't even get through it. 
Second and third season, though, are just redeems oh, itself. So yeah. good. And it's the second season where he comes in. Okay, that's good to know. No, I've, I've actually heard that before from a couple different people. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Second season, it becomes a little bit more like the football version of Community. Okay. Where they're also kind of doing like parodies of pop culture shit. I like that. That's really cool. <laughs> nice. All right. We've got Jessica McNamee. She plays the role of Lori Taylor. A few things to note from her. She was in the television series Sirens from 2014 through 15. She was in the film The Vowel. You might have seen her in the film Chips, which is really cool. She was in Battle of the Sexes, and she was in Mortal Kombat. A Sonya, Sonya Blade. Blade. Yeah, all right. All right. We have Olafur Dari Olafson plays the wall in the film, right? few things of note from him. He was in Contraband. You might have seen him in that last Witch Hunter. He was in Zoolander Part 2. I think he lent his voice in the BFG. He was also a part of a television series from 2019 called NOS482 or Nosferatu. Oh, good on him. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, that's really cool. All right, we've got Robert Taylor plays the role of Dr. Heller. Now, some people might know him as Agent from the Matrix. Agent Ma Jones. Or Agent Jones, sorry, from um, The Matrix. He was in Vertical Limit. You might have seen him in the film Rogue. He was also in Kong, Skull Island. He was also part of Wolf Creek, the television, also web series from 2016. Oh. Right, yeah. That was, like, really cool. All right, we've got Masioka, who rounds out our cast, and he is Toshi. Hero! Yeah. So people probably going to know him from Heroes, right, from uh, 2006 through 2010. Save the cheerleader, save the world. Yeah, dude. He was also in Along Came Polly. He was in Noroi, uh, or Noroi, yeah, Noroi, The Curse. He was in House of the Dead Part Two. He was in Get Smart. He was also part of Hawaii Five O, the television series from 2010 through 17, and also in 2019. So that pretty much rounds out our cast and crew. You gave us a brief setup. Should give our listeners a few warnings. There's technically a decent amount of blood and gore in this movie. Yeah, oh yeah, all things considered. Yeah. A lot of it is CG. But that's kind of a good thing because there's also technically a lot of, like, animal violence. Yeah. I mean, you can't help but notice that. But, like, it's not real. <laughs> exactly. Like, if you're super sensitive, I guess, like, maybe yeah. don't go into it. But yeah. if you're that sensitive, maybe don't watch this kind of movie. Language, but only to an extent it was a PG-13 movie. So I don't even know if they used their one fuck. I can't remember or not. I don't think so. I don't think they did. I don't recall if they did. And just like, I guess if you're thassalophobic and are scared of the ocean. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. That's about it, right? Yeah, I think so at this point. Let's get into and find out how the Meg made us squeal. How does that make you squeal? All right, man, the Meg. I think the first thing, as we've had to do on a couple other episodes <laughs> recently, yeah, it's kind of more of an action film. I'm okay with that. First off, I'm going to say as a blanket rule, like, it's not the scariest subgenre, but I think giant creatures and giant monsters are a subgenre of horror, whether you like it or not. Yeah, I'm a, like, so once again. Whether it takes the action it. beat or not. So be it. I think that's just... Yeah, I mean, what, those what else do you do with it? Because, I mean, honestly, this is just my opinion here. I can't speak for anybody else. But Jaws is kind of the same thing, dude. That's the other point I was going to make is, like, this is kind of just, like, it It doesn't take the story beats from Jaws. No, but it, but it is kind of just Jaws. And there's a lot of homages to it. You can't help mm -hmm. but notice that. But that's okay. Like, it's not trying to be Jaws. It's just, I mean, it's a beefier version. It's Jaws turned up to 11, and the only way that you can defeat Jaws turned up to 11 is by leaning into the more of the action aspects. Yeah, 100%. And that's where you bring in Crank. Here's the other thing I'm going to say. Even though I think that this term is overused, and I'm kind of purposely leaning into overusing it just to make this argument, but fuck y'all, it's kind of like the premise is kind of Lovecraftian. A little bit, yeah. So I'm going to point to this quote from, I believe it's from Call of the Cthulhu. I don't have the actual quote notation in front of me, just the actual, just the words. The first part isn't as applicable, but I think you'll see where I'm going with it as the quote continues. 
The most merciful thing in the world, I think, is the inability of the human mind to correlate all its contents. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of black seas of infinity, and it was not meant that we should voyage far. The sciences, each straining in its own direction, have hitherto harmed us little. But some day the piecing together of dissociated knowledge will open up such terrifying vistas of reality and our frightful position therein that we shall either go mad from the revelation or flee from the light into the peace and safety of a new dark age. So this is a story where scientists pushed too far and yep. ran into something that showed them how small they really are. Gosh, I don't, that is... You even have one reality. character who was seemingly driven crazy by his first experience with it. That's a solid point. That's kind of a Lovecraftian premise, whether you want it to be or not. Yes. It looks like whether thinly veiled or just coincidental, there it is. But even with the, along those veins, like, it's also kind of Godzilla. The first Godzilla is definitely a horror movie. Nice. Past that, I think it's arguable yeah. how much yeah. horror is actually involved. Right, but just... The mere fact that you're having to deal with this gigantic creature, that's scary, that's horrific. Ergo, it's part horror. But here's the other thing. We didn't quite do this intentionally, but bringing it back around to Jaws, we are kicking off blockbuster season. Dude, that's, yeah. We're right in the midst of it. Yeah. So, why not? I think it's a coincidental timing, but hey, it works. I didn't realize how big this movie got. I know I already said Honestly, that once, I but I, I knew it made money. Yeah, I mean, we knew kind of going in, it had some pretty good, you know, as far as critical reception. So it's like, all right, let's check it out. The other thing, though, I will admit right now is that when I kind of chose, when we chose the Meg, oh, by the way, this is the beginning of a new block where it's all going to be animal themed. I'm super yeah, excited for this. Likewise. When I said the Meg, I meant a different movie. <laughs> When I said, let's do The Meg, Cocaine Bear, and Crawl, which, by the way, are our next upcoming movies, so you all can get ready for them. Yeah, hell yeah. What I meant to say was, let's do Underwater, uh, Cocaine Bear, and Crawl. Okay. Gotcha. And when I turned on this movie and I was like, Jason Statham, I was expecting to see Case 2. I was yeah. like, oh, no, this is the other one. Oh, I'm still stoked for this. No, I was like, I'm not disappointed at all. Like, It was a pretty decent film. Because from what I understand, underwater is case two meets Cthulhu. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. That would well, you know, that gives us something else to look forward to. Right, right. And I still want to watch that at some point. Well, likewise, likewise. Now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay, man. I'm still having fun with this. No, and and that's the thing. Ultimately, I'm really glad I watched this movie. I had a lot of fun with this movie. Likewise, I'm like, I can see why. It made the money it did, especially with a worldwide audience. I mean, it's, China's attached to it, so mm -hmm. there you go. I thought it was going to be dumber than it was. Kind of expecting the same thing? Like, it's not like a deep thinker or anything. No, but it's it's not completely, you know, brainless. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a late 80s, early 90s Arnold Schwarzenegger action <laughs> no, movie. No, no, no. It's got some heart to it. The I, cast I is great. Agreed once again. It There's, actually gave me kind of like Jurassic Park vibes almost. Yeah. No, see, it, it kept me entertained enough, even though, you know, there's times where I'm like, this is kind of like silly as shit right now. But I was like, no, it's still a pretty solid film, dude, through and through. It's not bad at all. It's entertaining. Right. So plot wise, Rain Wilson's what, a billionaire? Yeah. 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 And he's funding this expedition because they have this theory that, the ocean's actually deeper, that we haven't yeah. checked it out good enough, and that what we think is the bottom is just, oh, God, what was it? Like, it's... There's a term for it. Yeah. They, they give some some science gobbledygook that I think is technically, like, would be accurate. No, it is. So yeah. it's called the, the thermocline layer. Which, oh, okay. Which, that means it's it's a layer between the warm part at the top and the very cold stuff at the bottom. They think that there's a layer below that layer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, no, that's not the bottom. And that thermocline layer is basically lethal, which is why things don't get through it. But that there theoretically is another ecosystem underneath. Exactly. And that's what they're going out there to test. They get down there and sharks. Not Big just sharks. Yeah, it's like, not just any sharks. 
Big ass sharks. Big everything. Yes, dude. Squids, everything. Yeah. It's, it's prehistoric a prehistoric ecosystem. It is, and it's it's a scary thought, man, and one to ponder on. And in that sense, the same kind of cosmic horror, except for you you take the cosmos and you just assert it to the depths of the ocean. Yeah, it's under our feet instead. Because it's one the of the ocean's those, already fucking terrifying. Right. And it's one of those <laughs> it's one of those subjects or areas where we have yet to we're like we're barely scratching the surface of the depths and what it holds and all these other things. And that's a kind of a scary thought. The ocean's one of those weird things for me because I would never consider myself to be thaslophobic. It doesn't immediately hit right, me in that right, way. Right, but right. if I sit there and start thinking about it too much, yeah, I'm good. Fuck bro. that noise, bro. No, look, I like the beach as far as I know, as far as the sand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like once I get out in the water, I was like, yeah, I like the water up to a certain point. Like, don't drop me off in the middle of nowhere like that. I'm drowning. <laughs> this is this ain't funny anymore, guys. I'm drowning. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm being for real. Yeah, fuck. There's too many things that can make a meal of you in the ocean. Uh, yeah, that's the whole scary part. Is like, no, I like dry land a little. It's just a little too much for that nonsense. And then obviously, once sharks start happening, they have to figure out how to make sharks not happen. Uh, yeah, essentially. <laughs> no, there, there's a line that Doctor Zhang says, and it's it's kind of apt. For this film too and where he talks about you know where we make this discovery and then we have to destroy it right and he's like well he's not wrong <laughs> i kind of that's one of the things though i kind of liked this isn't the only movie that does it no it does of it, course in not. some ways it reminded me of um godzilla the the scientist guy why can't i think of his name i can tell you there man it's been so long did they let them fight anyway yeah because he was like scientist through and through in Godzilla, and he's like, "This this sucks. We discover this whole new piece of the natural world, and yeah, this this really blows now." <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. But that that sort of thing kept coming up through this too, where it's just like when she's like, when was it Li Bingbing? She's like, "Yeah, we need to look for uh, non lethal means of taking down the Meg," <laughs> and like, they're all looking at her like, yeah, and "That's see, that's just the thing." I was going to put the the caveat of, but. There's the inverse of that, or like the the flip side of that equation. It's like, well, it's not a docile creature, man. It's an apex like predator. It has literally, if you want to talk about top of the food chain, yeah, good luck, good luck mm -hmm. nibbling on that bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that uh, dude. Sharks are scary enough, bro. I, I know. I was just looking at some of the measurements on it from earlier, like a, a fucking shark. That can be up to like forty-seven to six. That's this is at the maximum total length, forty-seven to sixty-seven feet long, with an average of about thirty feet of freaking long. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Say that again. Jaws was twenty-five. That's so. That's massive, man. That's scary. That's a scary thought. That's so big, dude. And they were saying. If, if you took some of the numbers, like if you look at the weight as well, something like a, around that 67 feet range would weigh up about 110 tons. <laughs> I said, say that again. Okay, so from from what I read is that, oh, we're in the spoiler section. So the first Meg. Mm, yeah, I gotcha. Is... The size that it's depicted in the movie is pretty much accurate for what a megalodon would have been. The second meg is basically the jaws of megalodons. Makes sense. Like that's still a we don't big have any records of them ever shark, getting that dude. big. But. <laughs> I'm just saying, even the first one's a big shark. Yeah, yeah the first like, one's a big. Are you shark. fucking kidding me? There's a there's one bigger. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the exaggerated part, and that makes sense. It's like. You know, you have to do that for, of course, cinematic effects, but also to drive home the points like, yeah, these aren't, you know, great whites are fucking scary. Mm -hmm. All those other sharks are scary too, but that thing would, would nibble on a great white. Yeah. <laughs> that's a snack. That's a snack. <laughs> fucking. Arm. And that's terrifying to think that. <laughs> <laughs> Couple things stood out to me the first time through 
and they were dumb, but they weren't like movie breaking dumb. Like, <laughs> okay, so they go further down, right? Right. But when they go below the thermocline layer, and I think this is what the sequel is going to get into, is that there's a lot more that they didn't show us. But of what they show us below the layer is that it's only like another hundred meters deep. Yeah, it doesn't show that. It's, it's much deep, deeper than that, yeah. It's this very, when you think about it, the Meg couldn't have survived in how little room that they showed. No, not in that kind of layer. I don't think so. Like, there wouldn't have been enough room for it to maneuver. No, not at its size, its mass. Uh, not only that, but multiple of them. Uh, yeah, I don't see that happen. The other thing that immediately stood out to me, I was like, well, if it adapted to living this far down below the ocean and it's been there for a million years, it would be blind and albino by now. Yeah. And apparently in the book, it is albino. And that makes sense too. That like the author knew that and he didn't make them completely blind, but I guess in the book they only attack at night because the sun is too bright. Gotcha. Well, that makes total sense too. Like there's been, you know, you've seen it. Anybody can check it out. The explorations below certain levels. Yeah. I was like, those things down weird. there. Yeah, it's super weird. Let's say it's alien in a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what's that's like. That's some spooky shit down there, bud. And it was unclear, but I, I saw some quotes that indicated that they did screen test at least a white shark and it just didn't look right. Yeah. And I can, I get that for, for what you see on screen. It has to make sense. And look At a good. certain point, if it looks too goofy, it also takes you out of it, whether Precisely. it is whether it's accurate or not. Exactly. And you have to forego some of those things for the pure reason alone. It's like, yeah, it has to look good on film. Otherwise, it'll take you out. Mm -hmm. it doesn't yeah, like, it doesn't matter how accurate. Nobody it is. knows what that accurately no, looks like. No. You don't have a base reference point for that. No, you'd have to be somebody who studies that subject. Mm -hmm. well, and that's the other thing I wanted to bring up, just because they show one when they go down below. Do you know how big those fucking anglerfish actually are? No, you know, like really. the, the famous ones that they I always show come, yeah. with like the light but and I, shit. No, I'm not not precise. I can't tell. They because they never show pictures of it like with anything for size reference, right? Let me. I think I still have this saved. This yeah. is gonna fucking freak you out. Oh, probably. And that's just it. It's like in my mind's image, it, it I would think it's like, oh, it's probably like the size of a carp or like a bass or something. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Are you kidding me? The average specimen Holy is shit. seven feet long. Yeah, dude, what? Like that's not a normal person. That's like a, a fifth grader that's in that picture with it. But, but that's beside the point. Seven feet long, dude. That's like a shack of fish coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, I'm good. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, thanks. Yeah, I'm staying. No, hell no. Yeah, that's no why way. I'm not going six miles deep or whatever they said they were. <laughs> you know, that's that, this is all hypothetical, but that kind of brings up those questions. Like, would you rather... Go to the bottom of the ocean and deal with that shit, or like take go a trip to, to Mars, or go to yeah, go to space, or go to the bottom of the ocean. I might go to space, bro. I'm just thinking that. Like, I think I take my chances. <laughs> I'm just seeing that. That's just an anglerfish. Yeah, that ain't shit. That's horrifying. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that picture one bit either. I was like, wait, what? Nope. Dude, no way. I, yeah, because you're right. You never have, a, like, a point of reference in terms of size to compare it to. No, they always just show the, the like, floating picture of them in the black. It's like, dude, seven, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Holy shit. Whew. Those things are real, dude. Yeah. It's, wow. It's no good. Yeah, no thanks, man. That sucks. And it's weird that those couple things pointed like stood out to me right away, but I was just like, <laughs> that motherfucker should be albino. <laughs> That's okay. There's that didn't take me out, which is good right. because wasn't enough to take me. Yeah, out. Yeah, so then that's okay. Like, I was I was more thinking like, okay, what are they gonna do with this shark? That was kind of my initial, you know, quandary or not quandary but question going into this is, all right, I know it's gonna be a, a giant shark film, right? But to what degree? Like, what exactly are they going with it? 
All right, going into it, I was like, are they just going to do Jaws beat for beat? Are yeah. they going to do Deep Blue Sea? Exactly. Are they going to do... Are they going to They get... kind of did Deep Blue Sea is what they did. Yeah, it's like, are they going to be kind of <sighs> hokey with it too? Like, is it going to mm. be kind of farcical? Are they going to... How much are they going to lean into it? Right, exactly. And uh, no, I think the way they approached it was... For them, I would imagine, in the studio as well, being a PG-13 film, mm -hmm. this is the better approach. So here's the other thing. I don't know what kind of DVD, Blu-ray releases this movie has had, but according to interviews, there's a lot of really bloody footage on the mm. cutting room floor. Damn, that's pretty cool. That they cut it to be a PG-13, but it was filmed and designed as like more of a rated R. Okay. Oof. That would have been fun. But once again, it wouldn't have reached the market. It wouldn't have reached kind of right. R. Yeah, and I get that. But for us fans of that stuff, and I'm I'd not, like and I'm sure it. it still wouldn't have been like crazy. No, but it still would have added a little bit more, mm -hmm. you know, texture. I suppose you would call it that. And how much of it is maybe unfinished because they were having to do it with CG? Is the other yeah, thing. that's a solid point too. So. I don't know. It's interesting, though, to know. Mm -hmm. Okay, for being something so straightforward, were there any parts that did catch you by surprise? I'm trying to think. Um, not necessarily. Maybe just the second shark bit. I, I wouldn't say by surprise, but I was like, okay, okay, that makes sense. Like, where are they going to go with it now? And I was like, okay, there's a larger one down there. But that's kind of what I was going to bring up, too, for yeah. what caught me by surprise. It wasn't the fact that there was a second bigger shark because they got the first one too quickly. Exactly. When they when you get it halfway into the movie, there's there has to be a second shark. It shouldn't be a surprise. I'm just like, OK, what? Yeah. Where are they going to go? How are they going to uncover this? That being said, I legitimately didn't think that they were going to introduce the second shark by having it jump up and bite the fucking first shark off the back of the boat. No, I mean, that was cool as fuck. All that right. legitimately surprised me. Here's I, I, I <laughs> did think that the I thought that because of the blood from the shark dripping into the water that the wall was going to just get at by a normal shark. Mm. And that would make sense, too. And then the second Meg was going to come get them while they're, like, on the way back to the base gotcha. or something. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't anticipating that shit. Like, just jumping out and snatching them, like, fucking shit. This is just a minute critique. And it's not even really a critique. It's just kind of like, to me, I don't know if it was a gag, but they made several uses of this. This, <laughs> this is what I call the gag. Is where during those scenes where they were out on the ship or whatever, mm -hmm. getting those submersibles underneath there, tracking the Meg and all that stuff, it seemed like everybody had their chance to like get knocked off somehow <laughs> <laughs> into the ocean. Like everybody, had everybody that gets knocked off at some yeah, point. Whether yeah. it was individually or as the group, everybody, and it was more than one time. And most like of the several time, times it, in the film. Most of the time, it really wasn't a big deal either. <laughs> no, that was kind of the funny thing. I was like, okay, well, the wall. there goes the wall. <laughs> yeah. There goes Jack. She had her moment. You know, here goes uh, DJ with his moment. So everybody has a moment in the ocean. I just thought it was funny the way they were doing that. And the other thing, it didn't take me out. But I was like, ah, oh, this, is, this is so... And they're doing it for dramatic effect. It's where Suyin... Uh, Yi Bing Bing's character, she's in that tank. Mm -hmm. And then Jason Statham goes down there to go save her and all that shit. But she's talking to him. She's like, no, Jonas, no, just, <laughs> just leave me. Right. I'm like, you're not having that conversation. <laughs> you're not doing that. <laughs> you're not doing that. But as like, it's a movie. It's, it's for dramatic effect. It's supposed to be kind of a surprise or like a... A mini twist. It's not like a true twist in like story or anything. When she's down in the the plastic cage, right, right, and the shark decides that he's just going to straight up swallow it. <laughs> that was my first thought. I was like, "Aren't you guys dealing with a shark that's big enough just to fucking swallow this? Like a pill. Shouldn't you all just be talking about this possibility from the get go? Don't worry about if it can chomp it in half. Worry about the fact that it can go straight down the fucking gullet. Oh, my God. That's horrifying. Thought. Like, oh, no, I'm inside the fucker. <laughs> Thanks. So what do you do at that point? <laughs> Hope you don't dissolve. Shit, right? Yeah, that's Jesus. Yeah, 
Jonah and the well right there. For reals. <laughs> there was a part I almost groaned really hard at. Oh, I want to hear it. Because, okay. <laughs> yes. I almost did, and then it, the movie saved itself. Okay. Because you have about five or six seconds of Jason Statham just straight up out swimming the Meg. And I'm like, yeah, if no. this continues for two seconds longer, I'm going to be very <laughs> pissed with this movie because it's no contest. Oh, yeah. No way. I don't You're care. A 70 foot diver shark is about to fucking. You're chum, dude. And then, but the way the movie saved itself was he calls then for the boat and they reel him in instead. And not only do they reel him in and that's what keeps him in front of the shark, but the shark was actually lining up a bite. And the reason it misses is because he starts to go faster because yeah. of the reel. And I was like, I'll buy that. Yeah, that works. The shark was lining up a, just a bite because this thing's fucking oh, slow. It, it, why? Why do I have to take my time? A, right there, he is. There he is. Like I'm just going to stroll up and take a this, bite. This will be easy. And is you know it strolls up, opens its mouth, and they just like rip it away. Yeah, they fucking Lucy that fucking football away from it. Exactly. And now you've aggravated the beast. And I bought that. I was yeah, like, no, I, I can get that. If he I'm keeps ahead of it just because of editing, no, that's going to piss yeah, me it's off. Like, yeah, exactly. No, it's like, no, fuck off with that dumb shit. Because we've you're seen not that bullshit happen before. It's like, yeah, no. You're, no. You're not, dude, no. I'm not buying that. But no, you're right. It, it saved itself. And they they make a point to point out things like that. Like um, when they're escaping on the two rafts, the lifeboats. Yeah, yeah. And you see the Meg behind them. And you're like, why doesn't it just come chomp them? And then somebody mentions, it's like, yeah, it's still there following us. And you're like, oh, it's it's just it's been tracking them. We're like 30 minutes into this trip. Like, yeah. that's the scarier part. It's like, why is it tracking? When is it going to attack? Yes, because it can at any moment. Mm-hmm. And that's just it. So that's what keeps me intrigued is, you know, you, you go through these things of like discovery, interaction, how are you going to resolve this conflict now, this issue? Because, yeah, now it's a fucking issue, dude. We fucking woke the beast. And it means to, but there it is. And it goes about in a, a methodical enough way where you can buy it. Yes. You know, where it's like, okay, I can see why they would do this or why they would do that. It's like you wouldn't agree with 100% of everything, but at least they do it in a movie logic sense that makes sense. And even the shit they brush aside – I feel like they take at least a moment to acknowledge. They do. Like um, fucking homeboy from BMS being like, no, fuck that. I'm not going to go do that because I just had like multiple friends die. We're out here trapped with a shark. No, I, that's where I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I will say this too. I did like this. And normally this is one of those things I would, I would normally like have, like you were saying, the most like eye roll moments is when Jack's, she's saved because Heller sacrifices himself. Mm -hmm. And instead of like having a moment where it's like, Oh, poor Heller. Okay. What are we going to do next? You know, she actually shows like a human moment where she realizes mm -hmm. what just happened, mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, no, that's good acting right there. Cause that is what literally would, would happen with somebody who's realizes that impact that moment. I feel like they did a good job of, counteracting the easy arguments mm. even just having like rain wilson pipe up like can't you just fucking tag it <laughs> yeah there you go perfect he's just like you guys are all overthinking this but yeah, a lot a of movies point. would have just left it alone at the scientists are overthinking it that's they have a, to come up with some a other solid way. point too because it makes you wonder too <clears throat> yeah if they're like okay we're sitting here thinking about this. It's like, well, what would be the lo more logical? It's like, well, I don't fuck. It's like, well, let's put that in the film because that's probably what the audience is saying too. Right. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> like they have like a fucking shitty 22-year-old film student <laughs> on right. set being like, yeah, but what about this, guys? It, isn't this the obvious answer? And they're like, you're right. That is the obvious <laughs> answer. So we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just scribble this out What are you doing for the bit? next three months? <laughs> no, I mean, I would imagine that yeah, when you're storyboarding, you have to kind of go through some of those things and like, okay, well, 
yeah, why wouldn't we bring this up? Whether it's for comedic effect or just for logical kind of components or meta critiquing, mm -hmm. you know, it's so clever. I like that. I do have a question. Yeah, what you. you got? I got a question for you. I wonder how much they were foreshadowing or mirroring, maybe mirroring is a better word for it, the whales, the mother and I guess the baby whale, if you want to call it that, at the, at the man of one, you know, at the beginning of the, the film where Rain Wilson goes down and he is observing the whole, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, lab. Th that's sort of a, a little bit of a recurring thing, too, because you get the whales. The and mom then... and the daughter. That's another little the mom and parallel. The yeah. And then even though it's like the little Meg, big Meg, if you want to call it that, I don't know if it's the baby, if you want to call it that, but there's a little bit of that there, too, at play, I think. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. Well, I think the thing I liked about it was they just kept, whether there's something to read into or not there, I don't know, but I liked how constant they kept it, where you like, you have the whales as the setup in the beginning. And then when mm. they're describing how big a megalodon is they use whales as a comparison. They're like, it can feed on them. And then they pay that off 15 minutes yeah. after that. And then they continue to pay it off by bringing it back around to the whale sounds. They, I was going to say that, yep, because they talked about that at the beginning. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's how we lower the men, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, okay, yeah. No, they do. They, they're they smart and clever about doing that, like using little points of like that to tie itself back into where else in the film. Yeah, they... Once again, it simplifies it, but I don't think in a bad way. No, neither. I mean, it was to enough be, for me to notice. To but keep in a good using way. this as like a point of reference, like here's the whales. We're bringing them up now because this is going to be important, but we're going to keep using them. Yeah, and I was like, no, I like that. That's now that we've made that reference point. Typically in a film, I I wasn't like this, but you know that carries these kind of beats. It's just something that's kind of easy to to write off. It, or it'll be all over the place. It'll be oh man, yeah, we oh use, yeah. We like, use this thing for to call them in, but we're going to show how big it is by having it eat this other thing. Yeah, or we're no, going to describe really it as being big enough to eat this, but then we're going to show it eating something else. Yeah, and it's kind of I think it tends to be a little bit more haphazard. Whereas this time they're like, no, we're using whales, so let's just use literally, whales. yeah, <laughs> literally this time because we can. <laughs> The fucking ocean would only make sense. It actually continues to be a through line because they also accidentally bomb the whale. Yes, yes. So I was saying for a film that probably shouldn't be this clever, it does a pretty decent job of following through with these things. And then that helps tie into the feeding frenzy that comes up at the end. Yeah, dude, it's pretty neat. Which is also one of those things that they use as a through line, but I think you kind of have to because that's how you bring sharks in anyway as chum buckets. Yeah, as chum, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I still like it, though. It's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, there's no fucking way Jason Statham's doing all of what he did at the end, but that's whatever. That's It's a movie, dude. It's like I'm not here for, you know, debunking a fucking movie. Right. <laughs> like, get out of here. That's what I'm doing here. No one believes that in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, you know, it's not bad, though. Um it's still fun, you know, learn a little bit. Like, I didn't know there's a Philippine Trench, which is, it's not an equivalent, but it's literally the third deepest part of the known ocean floor. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well, okay. Well, they use that correctly in this film because that's where literally where they were diving at. Right. So, yeah, why not make use of somewhere else? Because everybody knows, well, not everybody, but I think the vast majority of people know about the Marianas Trench. Yes. Didn't know about the Philippine Trench. Now I do. I learned something. The Thai language version of Hey Mickey slaps. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you get that at the beginning, and you also get it at the end mm -hmm. of the film. So I was like, okay, that's pretty interesting. Because uh, coincidentally, I, this is a little side nugget because we're talking about this. It's like I was listening to like some YouTube shorts, Instagram shorts that come through. But there's these two guys. Both guys are Asian. They were talking about the, the different dialects, mm. and, you know, how, how the languages sound. Yeah. And they were talking about the Thai, how it sounds. It, he, the guy was like, he's like, yeah, this is how it sounds. Uh, I'm lady boy. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. But the whole point, they were, they were talking about the inflections and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I was like, no, he's he's right. And not in that regard, but just the inflections and tones and things like that. And I was like, yeah, no, it's, it's different hearing an American song. And it, they're still using American 
parts of the song, but they're doing it in Thai as well. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah, right. It's kind of neat. kind of slaps. It's kind of funny because I was listening to a comedian talk about the same sort of thing, except they were talking about the different Spanish-speaking cultures. Uh, and so it was like Filipino. Dominican versus Mexican and stuff oh, like oh, that. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. The okay, okay, okay. I gotcha. But that's just it. It's like... You're because gonna like, have that. Because everyone who doesn't speak Spanish thinks that everyone that speaks Spanish talks really fast. But a, amongst the different Spanish speaking cultures, it's like Mexicans speak slow. That is so funny. Yeah. And the guy was fucking joking on that shit. <laughs> no, I like that because it's 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 a way of of quote unquote making fun, but it's also just kind of showing that the differences within the own culture, mm-hmm. the, the ethnicity itself. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, I mean, it's a it's some of it's humility, some of it's just, you know. Making fun of our little nuances, big deal. That but I just thought it was funny. It's coincidental that this, this came up. The shark getting the dude in the Zorb was fucking funny. That was, was good. That was a good gag. <laughs> there were some things I just was like, Rain Wilson, you know, was like, yeah, of course, he can fuck himself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right there at the end. But yeah, like I said, it, it wasn't anything like, once again, that blew my mind. But I would imagine this would have had been fun in a theater i think this would have i think some of the lines and shit that i was amused by in a theater setting would have fucking killed and had yeah. like the audience just rolling and, and shit. that's kind of why i'm like i'm kind of curious man i'm not opposed to seeing the, the new one that comes out right yeah the new one based on the trailer does look like they're leaning more even more into the like wacky action almost fast and the furious yeah. side of it but, well you know depending on, on how they approach it who all is attached to it and whatnot i mean well, it could be fun I agree. I agree. That doesn't mean it's going to be bad. No, no, no. But I'm just saying it's still the experience of going to a theater and seeing a film similar to this, kind of like blockbuster without it being too serious, you know, Mm -hmm. still realizing like, yeah, it's, you know, it's going to be a little hokey. That's okay. I'm also going to use the opportunity as we're watching this movie to point out that like this opens the door for us to go back and hit like some kaiju films and shit too. Oh, well, yeah. And I'm cool with that too. It's like, I'm just warning our listeners. Yeah. Giant monsters, whether you like it or not, kind of horror. Well, I mean, yeah, technically speaking, too, if we're going to do all that, think about what the late 1940s, early 50s cinema with the atomic age and all the gigantic creatures that came out of it. Yeah. Come on, dude. That's still horror. Yeah. Right. That's immediately what I think of is them. So it's like if we're going to be real here, it's like that's it's no different than that. No, no. It just seems hokier. Right, because, because, because of Japan the, because, and shit. Not just because of Japan, but I think just the way that the culture has embraced it differently. Well, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's just we don't have that. We, we don't. Not over here. Yeah. And that's okay. It makes sense over there. Well, if you do it historically, it's like, okay, well, yeah. I don't know if I have too much more to say about the Meg, though. I'm really glad no. we watched it, though. Likewise, it's like, you know, I, I had fun. I was like, all right. It's kind of interesting thinking, right, we've done... Two films with Rain Wilson, both films he dies in. Two completely different styles of horror film. <laughs> Vastly different. Still both interesting. Both related to the sea. Yeah. <laughs> Considering he becomes Merble. Isn't that fucking wild? I, I wonder if anybody's ever asked him that. Yeah. Like, huh, this is kind of interesting. So, yes, absolutely. Jason Statham was like, how often are we going to get to talk about him in horror? Yeah, like never. Right. This movie. This movie is where we're going to get to talk about I'm it. okay with that. So, yeah, in that respect, it's like it's cool to see some people, familiar faces, some new faces. An interesting dive into, it's not like we haven't done, you know, an animal or a creature kind of style film before, but not a block like we're, we're about to hit. Right. And this is not a bad one to kind of start it off. I think this is... You know, if it if this was the one that closed it off, I'm even like ah. I'm excited where we're going though. That's kind of a point. It's now like, I know you've seen Cocaine Bear, and I know you're excited for next week. Yeah, I'm not gonna say shit about it until we do it. But yeah, I am. I'm excited for you to see what you what you have to say about it next week. We can't guarantee that the third week is gonna be good, but Oof. I know we're both super excited to finally watch Crawl. Man, I know I I'm, I really am, and it's gonna be one of those things too. It's like how. Did it get such good reviews considering the premise? Yeah. I have no idea. I'm so excited to see. I'm hoping it doesn't turn out to be a bone tomahawk. But if it does, that gives us something to talk about too. That is very true. I was like, regardless, we'll have things to say, but I really hope that's not it. (laughs) 
I think that's that's all I got for this week. Yeah, though, I think. So for this week, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried Squirms out. Hi, everybody. Tyler here. If you like the podcast, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us, or preferably over on Apple Podcasts, that'd be super cool as the entire world is ran on algorithms and we want to be all up in them. Uh, We highly appreciate it whenever you tell all your friends about us. If you have any suggestions, comments questions, want us to put eyes on your current independent horror project, you can always contact us, squirmcast at gmail.com, or you can contact us through our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Scroll through our entire back catalog there, or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network, uh, and would love it if you went and checked out some of our sister shows. Uh, the easiest way to keep track of things across the entire network is to go over to that website. That's earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Uh, you can search for us across all the social medias. If you type in Fried Squirms, we should be what pops up. I'm not going to give you all those ads. So with all of that in mind, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Peace.